and we are back. <laughs> oh that's man, not a fake laugh either. That's no, a, that's a genuine. That's, this is how we're coming into this. This is how we're coming into this. We're keeping all of this in here. All of this in here. Um, <laughs> this is this is now episode five. Welcome back to episode five of Civil Discord. Um, I am Maurice Jones, one of the hosts here. And right next to me via the Zooms, all the way out in the People's Republic of California, is Amanda. Amanda, how are you doing today? I'm I'm alive. How are you? I know you've you've had some plumbing issue. Well, I feel like that's a, that sounds like a euphemism, but you've had a, a plumbing <laughs> issue this week. Yes. But uh, you're doing all right. Yes, doing well. I had a birthday this past week, so oh, we celebrated that. Lovely. Um, I'm getting older as time as, as my body tells me every single day well, and yes birthday. thank you i appreciate it um and uh we had a our we had a leak under our sink and i had to fix that and if you haven't fixed a leak or in any type of plumbing issues any type of piping or whatever and in a rental house it's not fun at all it's not fun at all so whenever you move into a new a, a new a new place renting or owning or whatever case or whatever case may be clean the pipes first before you have to do anything down the line because I'd rather do it first than, than anything else because it was disgusting. It was disgusting. My wife just looked at me and was like, I'm glad you have to do it and not me. Three words, on-call maintenance. Okay, that's my <laughs> policy. I will only move it because I am trash. I will only move in to an apartment that has on-call maintenance <laughs> so I don't have to do any of this or look for a man or whatever. <laughs> Who, ha- who has to do this. So it's really for everyone involved. For sure. The, and there's nothing wrong with that. I have no issue with that at all. Oh, the luxury of living in America, to be able to choose to live in a place where you're like, you know what? I have that have on-call maintenance. Because if not, I'm not living there. Freedom of choices. You have to love it. I mean, it's a great thing. It's God bless capitalism. Yes. Speaking of capitalism. Oh, yes. Um, we have, uh, uh, and you, you shared with you shared this with me a, a couple of weeks ago, and I actually heard heard about this on another podcast. But Honduras is doing some sort of like, I, I almost like a, a I won't say pay to play type thing or whatnot. But th- they're creating their own thrown like cities that 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 have like some sort of like freedom, economic freedom cities is probably the best way to describe them, at least from from my understanding. Am I correct in that? These are, yeah, these are, I think the designation, these are charter cities is what they are called. Um, And this is essentially, I I refer to this as peak capitalism. When you spell peak capitalism, by the way, the E becomes a three and that the A becomes a four. I don't know why that's just why, how you have to do it. So this is peak capitalism. And these are, this is a charter city in Honduras. Uh, One reason that I really like this is because I am all about experimenting with borderless sovereignty. Uh, At any point within the next 20 to 2000 years, I'm not sure when, I I see us moving toward non-territorially demarcated autonomous zones, not like a Chaz kind of thing, which had to change their name to CHOP because they realized they were not autonomous. They're like, well, that is not working. Um, But I think it is, it would be amazing and is totally within the realm of possibility, especially in the digital age and especially with the advent of decentralized finance and, you know, unregulated currency that can be globally uh, transmitted and not have to be exchanged per any sovereign denomination. Um, I can totally see us moving toward uh, declaring uh, citizenship within any particular geographic area. So yeah, this is a charter city in Honduras. Um, and let's locate some details on this here. But yeah, your thoughts. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm, I am 100% for it. Now, I, um, I, I get why Honduras as a country would want would to do this. Um, because I mean, honestly, this is this is something that, w- when done right, benefits all parties that are involved. Um, it, it will benefit Honduras as a, as as a country um, because they have like Honduras is is a is poverty stricken. Um, 
they have a crazy, crazy, crazy crime rate. Um, the highest murder rate in the world. Yeah, it's, yeah. And I mean, so people would not want to live there, but if people are willing to take the risk and say like, okay, um, we have businesses coming. When, when, when you do those things, crime, crime starts to clear up if things are done, done properly. I mean, there are a lot of businesses in a lot of different cities in the United States and they have high crime rates, but, um, but when, when, when done right, um, Honduras is incentivizes businesses to come. They clean up, they, they, they clean up their crime. They do all those things. Businesses come. We, we know what happens when a business comes, you create economic incentives for people to actually work. Unlike what America is currently doing. Um, you, you actually, um, when you hire people, you're productive. When you're productive, you provide goods and services to the to the people that live there. When people have goods and services, they now are no longer living in poverty, and they go and they build and they do a lot of things. So I I'm 100% for this, um, and it it reminds me a lot of what um, Nevada was kind of doing. Yeah. With their um with, with with their version of charter cities, definitely not the same because there were a lot of one, the buy-in in in Nevada was I think it was close to a million. I'm I'm not sure if it was a million or not, but it was it was a nice chunk of capital that you would or ten million dollars that you would have to invest uh, right off the bat. And then and and you and and then you would have to like pay out, or you could pay out over a few years. And of course, there's so many different regulations and stuff with, within the state. But I like the concept of trying to provide some 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 type of incentive for businesses to kind of come in and do their thing to um, to raise the, the 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 living standards in a specific area. And I I, I think what Honduras is trying to do um, is it's a good start. It definitely is a good start. No, this area, it's called Prospera. Uh, we've got this, I'm reading from uh, Substack here, um, uh, astralcodex10.substack.com. It's a 58-acre tract of unoccupied land. The phrase unoccupied land has <laughs> from this way. <laughs> we'll get to this. It's Right now, it's a good unoccupied land. It's on, it's on an island between a fishing village and a golf course. And uh, so far there are three buildings on the land. They're called beta buildings because they're a beta test of whether people could actually build things under Prospera's <laughs> building code. Right. And right now it's a sort of test bed. Uh, this is described as not a place, but a platform. It's a government with a charter, laws, legislators, officials, contracts, partnerships, etc. Anywhere can become part of Prospera if someone has land in a totally different part of Honduras and wants to be part of Prospera, they can. Uh, and I think this is especially really cool when we start talking about um, long now types of conversations. We start talking about space colonization, right? I can totally see charter cities being a thing in uh, other world colonization. Um, but right now, it's a very, very cool idea. Again, as, I'm, as I've said, especially as we are making the transition into, um, into uh, kind of democratically or almost anarchically uh, maintained currencies. I think this, is, this might be a, a direction in, in which we're going. Oh, what's to stop, though, I think, you know, governments from our, our already sovereign nations from coming in and, and buying different tracts and different shares of this territory? Oh, that's a great question. I mean, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, um, I, I, I think from my, from, from my, underst from, from my rationale, I would, if, if the United States government were to go and actually buy land in Honduras, I think other nations would kind of look as look, look at that as a as a threat. Yeah. Um, and so and so it, it would be highly frowned upon. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. I mean, countries do that today, um, mm -hmm. but it's 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 not anything that that's very much um, like okay, hey, you're doing something good. It's like a any in in any time a country wants to go and buy fields or whatever in a different, in a, in a different country. It's like, a ah, uh, there's always some type of like pushback suspect type thing. And I mean, so I, I would, I think 
I mean, and not to mention, I mean, I guess kind of like what we talked about last week, the money that that the U.S. hash has isn't real money anyway. So there's no value being provided for that. But nonetheless, I I promise I will stop beating that dead horse. Oh, no, Um, you can keep beating it. (laughs) But uh, I mean, so there but there's more incentive for for these for 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 Prospera to to actually give to people as to governments because it's easier to enter into contracts that are b- to be able to be upheld via people as opposed to, to a government. So if I enter into a contract in the U.S. government, it's so hard for me to actually enforce that on the U.S. government. And so if they if they do whatever they want to do and renege on it, um, then, you know, I'm just kind of I'm, I'm, I'm kind of out of luck. But if if I enter a, into a contract with another actual human being who who actually lives there and and is um, is is actually in the culture and so forth, it's a lot easier for me to actually enforce that contract and to hold them to that standard. And I think as which is another reason why I'm so um, why I like this idea, because there there literally is a contract in there saying um, hey, if you come here, these are the standards that we're going we're going to live by. You know, you can't come in here and you can't start doing all the, you know, okay, if 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 if, if people want to do certain things with their own life, by all means, they're allowed to do that. However, they're saying if you want to come here, you can't do all this whole, you, you can't come in here and just build out a brothel or you know, you 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 can't come in here and build all these things because we we have a standard that we want to morally that we want to be a part of and so forth, wh- which is what I like. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't like that contract, you don't have to be a part of that. I mean, it's it's that simple. You can go because Honduras is not the only country that does this. Um, they're doing it for the I think it's for the cheapest price right now. Right yeah. now, Honduras is the most inexpensive to do this, but other countries have have ways in order for you to create, you know, um, uh, charter cities in that sense or whatnot. And and it's 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 quite interesting. Um, it, it's just Honduras. It's what is it? It's there's a membership fee. So if you if you live in Honduras, it's two hundred and sixty dollars a year. Um, but if 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 you don't, if you're not a citizen, it's thirteen hundred dollars. Um, which is very affordable for, for, for I, I, I don't want to say for most Americans, because it's because most Americans don't have any type of sort of savings. But if if this is something that you want to do, $1,300 is very affordable for if you run into business or a corporation yeah. and you want to go over there and do those things yeah. and pay less in taxes, by all means, do that. I'm 100% backing that. Man, I'm gonna start a university over there. It's gonna be great. I mean, yes. really, I'm like it'll be it'll be mad cheaper than a U.S. university. All right, that's my other plan. Uh, so yeah, you you talked about other other cities having done this, and this is sort of uh, a later model of uh, these special economic zones. Um, and some core examples of special economic zones that have done well are Shenzhen in China, uh, Dubai, and the UAE. Again, if you go to the st- uh, the Substack. Uh, prospectus on Prospera, you'll see essentially how this works when it works well. These cities really spring up, they bloom, and these charter cities uh, are the next generation of special economic zones. You can think of it in that way. I love the idea that you yourself sign a social contract uh, to become a member of of this uh, of this. I don't know, polity, body. It's a perfect union of Ancapistan and civil libertaria, which might be why we like it so much. It's probably we're meeting in the middle. <laughs> and yeah, this, you know, there's this, um, I think it's Burke who talks about how even if you're not, you don't directly participate in the social contract and the formation of society, you still have to follow it. And I never really liked that part of Burke. Um, he's heralded as this great Republican or conservative theorist. And I'm like, eh, kind of hedge on him. And that's, that's one of the reasons why. But here you're so old school, it's new school. You are signing a contract that says, yes, I'm gonna abide by these laws. I, Amanda, you, Maurice, we're going to do do these things. And if I want to live in Brotheltown instead, I'm going to go and sign the social contract for Brotheltown. And it, 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 I, I am 100% behind this. And I think it's a, it's might be the, ne- the next generation of sovereignty. I'm not sure. 
Uh, but yeah. I'm all for it. I'm I'm yeah. I'm all for that for, for the idea of of sovereignty and 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 even in it's if if the U.S. could even be built as something like this, I I, I would 100% support that to where <laughs> it's you know you know because this is the idea of of Ancapistan for me. It's you know all these little cities, these little groups coming together, and if they all want to provide protection for for each other, then they mm-hmm. can do that. If, so if if you if the United States of America was made up of 50 different sovereign states, or I mean which is what the original intent was yeah. of the founding fathers. Yeah. Um, but but e- e- even in that, and each of those states was built up into, let's call them um, counties. And those different counties just kind of came together and said like, hey, these are the rules that, that we want to abide by in our county. And then within those counties, you had like cities and then the cities came together. And 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 e- even on that level, at, at, at a very base level, they, they kind of coming together. I think the U.S. could do it now. I, I'm that's in my hypothetical world in today's society i don't think the u.s would even relinquish any sort of power to anybody else outside of the federal government but i i i think ideas like this were literally the the base for what the founding fathers of the u.s were were thinking of of hey you know what you if if that's what you guys want to do over there you can do that um we're not going to partake in that over here but we're going to have this mutual defense um, but between that way, we don't have somebody come and and take over what the, the land that we have and so forth. Now, founding fathers had their own issues um, and so forth, which, which which I get. But this to me is literally is, is the idea. If if you are a if you are anybody who supports the founding fathers in any way, shape or form, this is the idea as, as far as what they were talking about. I firmly believe that. And uh, again, which is probably one of the reasons why I can be behind it. Um, and as long as it stays so on a small level to where you don't, you, you can weed out corruption because they, they, they had tried this before and then the government got heavy handed and, and tried to pull the rug out from them and so forth. But um, then somebody else got in, got in power. That, so they're trying that again. So if you can keep it small enough to where whoever holds government power doesn't matter in, in society, then I then I think this could be something that would last for generations and generations and generations. Well, it's interesting. So as we're talking about this, Maurice, I'm thinking we're seeing two seemingly divergent trends in international or in the concept of the international. We're seeing on the one hand, a trend toward maximalism, a trend toward global citizenship, a trend toward globalism, uh, you know, UN, um, League of Nations. Again, I have been you know, neck deep in international politics craziness, right, this past week. But on the other hand, you're seeing a trend toward confederacy. And again, disentangle that from the U.S. confederacy during the Civil War, a confederation of peoples and very, very old school republicanism, whereby you have small little collectives, small little polities that are sovereign and yet have agreements with neighboring polities. You would almost want to see to preserve the integrity of this project, some sort of citizenship cap on it, I Mm -hmm. I would almost say, so that there's not an overgrowth, so that there's not an overreach or mission creep, because my bias is that the tendency of the state is to aggrandize itself indefinitely, and that can either be external through colonization or sanctions or what have you, or it can be internal via overregulation and further encroachment into citizens' lives. So you would want to have that social contract to preserve uh, or rather to insulate the the people of of the charter city from internal encroachment. And you would also want to have that citizenship cap or something to preserve um, to preserve that uh, or to insulate the state from external encroachment, of course. Then if you have a citizenship cap, you have immigration uh, worries and all of that. So that would be something to suss out as well. But I think it's it's a really, really interesting project. And if you look to, if you look at some of these mock-ups, some of these drawings, 
in, imagine like a new age Rivendell, okay, yeah. from yeah. Lord of the Rings. It's <laughs> yes. really yes. that kind of vibe. It's this city on the series of hills. And if I have like a hilltop house, which by the way, the houses look so cool. It's like floor to ceiling glass. Yes. I know it's all, it's all drawings, but we're all living in virtual reality anyhow. So I can make believe. <laughs> If I've got this this rooftop uh, or this or this hilltop, wonderful, pristine view, you know what I can do to preserve that pristine view is I can buy the airspace. All right, I can buy the airspace in front of me so that people can't then construct a skyscraper and block my view. I think that's awesome. This is moving toward averting the tragedy of the commons where no, I literally own that airspace. And again, you do have all these questions of, well, then do you buy portions of the digital ether? Uh, you know, what's to say? Uh, what's to allow you to buy visual space and not, I don't know, digital space. Right. But again, these are questions that I'm excited for us to be asking. And, and this is the very, very cusp of a really cool revolution in the way that we think sovereignty and statehood. Right. Uh, and I'm here for it. So 100%. I'm, I'm here for it too. And, and it's, 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 um, it's, it's funny when, cause you, you, you had talked about, um, capping it at a certain mm -hmm. level. And mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that would trigger a yeah. lot of people. Like, yeah. like being, a being able to, and and again, me, me being the, the, the anarcho-capitalist guy, you being able to discriminate against somebody because you right. just don't want them there in, in this particular, in this part of society. I'd be like, well, yeah. Like, I mean, it's like, it's, if, if there's a standard of people who I want, now I'm not saying anything. Now, do not do not say that this is me supporting what the United States is currently doing on their form of immigration. That's a little racist of you. I don't know. <laughs> got well, well, hey, you know, I can't be racist because I'm black and I'm the oppressor. That's right. So, so technically I can't be racist. So I can say what I want to say. But, um, but, but like, I, I just, I, I really find that interesting because every country practices this in some sort of fashion. And, and a lot of people in the United States are like, oh, well, we're racist and we don't we don't want everybody here. And it's just like, people, do you know how hard it is to get citizenship in, in Canada? Like, I mean, it's like, countries do not want people turning to be, want, being citizens in their, in like, in, in their countries so easily. Like it's, it's, they want you to go through a process to make sure that they preserve whatever, thing that they have going on within their country like that's the whole point of their country it's like hey this is these are the principles that we are based off of if you don't adhere to this you can't be a part of it and i look at it like the the the, the united states is one of two countries in which you pay taxes based on your citizenship and not based on where you live and the other one is a country is a country that has some of the worst um human rights in in in, in the entire world so for, for, for what it's worth, I mean, it is what it is. But um, speaking of human rights and our lovely, uh, our lovely uh, Prince Harry and, mm. and, and uh, Meghan Markle, uh, I don't know if, if anybody knows who these people are um, for some reason. I, do, I know of them via name. I, I don't really follow the royal family a whole lot. My mom loved Princess Diana. Um, <laughs> Th that's that's as far as I really get into this. And this is one of her sons. And my sister loves him. My sister thinks that Prince Harry is a very attractive man or whatnot. And, and I mean, to each their own, like, okay, whatever. But he had some interesting things to say about um, how we do things here in America. I can now can I can I do this in 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 dialect here because uh, I'm I, I I did very well in dialects in in actress school. Please please. So please. I'm taking this, this. These are these are quotes uh, that Reason Magazine is taking from an interview uh, that, or rather, it's it's an episode that that Prince Harry is doing. Um, so he is talking about uh, he's he's. So, okay, yes, this is uh, an episode of actor Dax Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast, which you could not think of a more perfect <laughs> for the podcast on which these comments are made. For sure. So, <laughs> oh, the irony. You gotta love it. You gotta love it. The Armchair Expert 
on uh, First Amendment constitutional law, um, monarch Prince Harry <laughs> uh, had this to say. Let's see. I don't want to start sort of going down the First Amendment route because it's a huge subject and one which I don't understand because I've only been here for a short period of time, but you can find a loophole in anything and you can capitalize or exploit what's not said rather than uphold what is said. If there's an ideology or you want to spread hate, laws were created to protect people, right? That's how I see it. I've got so much I want to say about the First Amendment as I still don't understand it, but it is bonkers. He's causing, he's calling it bonkers. A first amendment is, is bonkers. You know what, you know what, dude? It is bonkers. The first amendment is absolutely bonkers. And it works. It, this, it, it's, it's bonkers. This is the first time something like this had been done. It was bonkers when it was created. It was absolutely bonkers to say that and I had a long and protracted discussion about this a couple of weeks ago, where I was saying, you know, it's not really about freedom of speech as such. This is essentially about a bunch of people saying, we want to allow everyone maximum freedom of action, particularly maximum freedom of the actions which governments are most inclined to encroach upon. Right. However, we can't create. Uh, a, a society based on just saying everyone can do whatever they want. So they have this umbrella term, which is in the First Amendment, you don't just have speech, you have right to peaceable assembly, you have right to petition for redress of grievances, you have freedom of the press, you have freedom of religion. Again, these are the major things that people were persecuted for and still are persecuted for. And you wonder why speech has been interpreted so broadly. It's money now, it's art now. That's the entire point, it always was. So freedom of speech is really more freedom of maximum possible freedom of action that does not encroach permanently on someone else's freedom of action. That is what this amendment tries to cover. So yeah, it is bonkers. <laughs> That's the really freaking cool thing. This is a bonkers nation with exactly. bonkers amendments. That's our I, chat. It's it's. I mean, it's. Oh man, I, uh, Prince Harry. I, I guess this just shows how removed from reality celebrities really are, because. I, I I get like a lot of times like well people can say what they want to say about me and 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 this and I guarantee you there have been you know I just had a birthday so I've been on this earth for thirty three years there people have said all kinds of crazy stuff about me like they have and now do do I have the um do 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 they do they have the right to say and I mean speaking of rights like I mean if you go natural rights and so forth like. Do you have the ability to say whatever you want to say? For sure. Do some of those things that you say have consequences? Yeah. Well, yes. But that that's the whole thing. I mean, like 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 you're saying, maximizing the freedom that we have in order for an entity, let's say the government, you know, to to and for for them to to keep them from coming and oppressing whatever situation that is because if if I can get rid of your speech and, and mandate you say this and not this and this and not this if you then become easier for me to to um to subdue and you and you are now for lack of better term a slave in this area because you because you don't have the the, the freedoms to, to kind of move around and and i don't like using you know click words or freedom and liberty and so forth but th that's in essence what it is and and it's just funny coming from a guy who you know who, who's part of a monarchy and who who roughly over uh, was almost like 200 years a little 230 40 50 years or so we got independence from like i like just the irony in that is just is so great it's so great and 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 he he had mentioned something like laws were created to protect people right um that's debatable 
That's yeah. really debatable. Yeah. Like, because, 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 and to me, it just shows how far removed from reality that he really is. Because there, there's, there was one thing that, that, um, that I want to talk about, and we'll probably talk about on next, on, um, on, on, on next week's episode. But the laws, like the, there was, long story short, these kids got sh- shut down the lemonade stand. They were 10 and six years old, shut down a lemonade stand. They had been running for, for 10 months. Why? Because they didn't have a business license. And so they have to pay excise tax on that. And it's just Very, like, yeah. But, and so, but that law protects people, right? It's dangerous. Like, exactly. It's too dangerous for you to run a lemonade stand. Like, I mean, so it's, it's, he, he's just Prince Harry being Prince Harry and, and, and being ran by, by, by things that, and speaking, I'm sorry, speaking on things he doesn't really know anything about mm-hmm. um, and, and, and those concepts. So, but again, Prince Harry is he's somebody who I really don't know a whole lot about. Um, I, and and these are just clips from a podcast, so I don't know the entire context of what he was talking about or whatnot. So he probably he probably could very well say, "Hey, it's bonkers," but I get why you guys have it because of this. And he could say all that, which he probably didn't, which is the reason why reason wrote this wrote this article. But I don't, you know, I'm not gonna go back and listen and listen to the episode. I don't care about Prince Harry that much. Um, the the fact that he's on armchair expert makes this even better <laughs> because he's literally the armchair expert because yeah. no he's just sitting back in his high castle you know getting rid of his his title or whatever you want to well he's not really getting rid of it but no. doing all those things and now just talking about oh well people shouldn't have the freedom to say whatever they want to say and you, you mentioned though something that that's interesting you, you mentioned uh, um you know how this can be infringed on in the context of of hate speech and the article mentions that as well you know it's so interesting because the same discussion that i alluded to uh, earlier um where i was talking about you know freedom of speech and freedom of action and all of that um uh, this was this was in the context of a uh, of a class i am i am learning how to teach so I need to take a, a class to, to learn how, how to teach. They teach me how to, to, it's very confusing. I don't understand it. They this teach is you cool. how to teach somebody. They teach me how to, yeah, yeah. Um, and so we were, we were talking about speech in the classroom and how to encourage debate, like without mm-hmm. triggering people. And there were just opinions were flying. Um, opinions about people not expressing their opinions were flying. And someone brought up the issue of hate speech. And I said, oh, so smoothly. It was like butter. I, 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 I raised my, I raised my hand. Butter. Smooth as butter. And, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm interested in, because you, you brought up the issue of, of hate speech. And I just, I wanted to, um, I wanted to know, I'm like, take out my pencil. Or like, I'm going to write this down. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm watching this happen to myself. I'm like, you, you are an asshole, Amanda. <laughs> So, but I'm I'm curious. Um, how how are you how are you defining hate speech? And the and the person who had raised the issue of hate speech just goes, um, well, it's really early in the morning, and so like I don't I can't I don't really have much of a definition for it. And that this is one of those I yield my time moments. This is what I said nothing. I'm just letting them go because you this is when you have to know when to yield your time. And so I'm nodding and pencil's still kind of in the okay, so I don't really have anything to write down. Your pencil's still in the air. So they say, yeah, I really don't know. Um but, you know, hate speech definitely is something that we we can't allow. Okay, and hate speech, that's, um, what, what is it? Um, it's speech, it's hateful. Like, they, they're just <laughs> floundering. And so, again, I had one of those little side-eye moments where I kind of look at the instructor, who I think might kind of be my friend, because they've said certain things about unions and and other and other issues where I'm kind of like, hey, dude, 
<laughs> but you know, you can't, you, you gotta be a little bit underhanded cause you're always going to get found out. But um, yeah, it was, it was a beautiful moment. This is, this is one of those issues where people think that there's a prohibition on, on hate speech when there's not even a definition of what hate speech is and certainly not one that can't be abused and exploited. Right. So, right. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Which, which literally takes us in, in into our next thing, as far as hate crimes go. Um, which, uh, and, and I, I don't know if anybody remembers the, the, the Ahmaud Arbery case. Um, I mean, there wasn't as much, um, rioting and, and, uh, and burning down cities and such, such for, for this particular situation. But a guy, he's running in the neighborhood, goes into a, a, an, a house that's, that's being built. Um, and granted, was he, was he on somebody else's property? Yes. Do people do this all the time? Yes. Like it, like when my parents' house was being built, a lot of people walk through it. And and again, how how people want want to want, want to govern their private property, I get it. It's it's theirs. Um, however, it was no, it wasn't anybody's private property in this case. He gets chased down to um, the, the, these two two men hop in their truck, chase him down the street. Long story short, ends up in a gun going off, and Ahmad Arbery is dead. Um, but now the 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 three the the three um I, suspects I don't know if you call them the three people who have been arrested in this I don't know the right legal term for them um, but the McMichaels so Travis and George McMichael and then William Bryan are now actually um, being charged with hate crimes for this as well so Amanda what are you what what are your thoughts on on them being on hate crimes being added on to their mm-hmm to their punishment sentences or charges or whatever you want to call it. You know, it's it's so interesting because with a hate crime, right? Let's 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 assume for the sake of argument, we'll get into this directly, but let's assume that there is like a legitimate hate crime charge. Then you have to be able to prove intent. Or you have to be able to prove what someone was thinking. Did someone have animus towards someone as a result of some immutable characteristic or even mutable characteristic? Like what if what if there's a choice that someone can make you that this is that it then a hate crime is, is an ideal is a crime against someone someone's ideology or religion a hate crime. So you have all of all of that go into play. But you're implicitly then or even explicitly assuming that intention matters. But we have since heard that intention does not matter, only outcome matters. But if only outcome matters, then any crime that's perpetrated against any member of any other race than the perpetrator or any or any other identifying characteristic than the perpetrator is arguably a hate crime. If you commit a crime against me, then you might be committing any number of hate crimes, quite frankly. We can go down a list. So it opens up a can of worms from that angle. In terms of whether we we should even have hate crime legislation on the books, I think you raised a really interesting question in the show notes, which is you know, is one life more valuable than another? If if someone commits an act of hate or evil against someone else, or it, because, I mean, a crime is a hate crime. If it's a legitimate crime, if you harm someone, it, there is a hate crime, okay? Right, that right. you have committed an act of hate. It doesn't have to be on the basis of some kind of characteristic that may or may not be immutable. And even that's a murky definition, right? that that presumes that that there are some types of of there's some lives that are more valuable than others after they've been taken away right because of the manner in which they've been taken away and for me this past week and we're we're not going to discuss uh the the israel palestine issue on on this podcast if anyone's interested i'm going to do some shameless self-promotion right now you can go to the goodmorningliberty.us blog i have a four-part series that uh, is uh called i i can't even really remember it's the 10 jewish palestinian questions a jewish libertarian a jewish libertarian perspective um four-part like series 
Yeah, I thought it was catchy. Jewish. Jewish libertarian perspective. It, it goes into so much of the things. Um, four parts. We got two parts up. I think the next two will be next week. So you can check all that out. But suffice it to say that this past week, there have been crimes perpetuated against uh, Jews in the United States and elsewhere around the world, explicitly because they're Jews. You know, where we're, they're shout, people are shouting anti-Semitic slurs. It's very clear that this is because these these are Jews. And from a visceral standpoint, I'm watching this thinking that is, and it is awful, and it would be awful no matter what the reason for the crime was. You know, there's a part of me that's thinking this is worse than another type of crime. This is worse than if someone just got jumped for any other reason. And then there's another part of me that's that's thinking, you know, there's, this is evil, and it would be evil regardless of why someone is doing it. And so I've had this debate in my head this past week. Why am I necessarily more outraged about one type of violence who's, you know, that has to do with a characteristic that if we focus on it, we perhaps make things even worse. Perhaps we make tensions even worse. And so, yeah, that this past week has really caused me to reconsider and then reconsider the reconsideration <laughs> of my <laughs> stance on hate crimes. It's been valuable that this has come very close to home for me. Mm. Um, and I... I think I, I remain on the side of a crime is a crime and a crime is a hate crime. If, if it is legitimately against someone's property or person, right. it's a hate crime. Right. Definitely. And, and I, I will um, echo a lot of what you said, and, and especially the last part where you were saying I was considering and then I reconsidered and then I reconsidered my mm -hmm. reconsideration. And, and I love that because that that's the whole point of what we're doing here is just we we're and we agree on a lot of things but we're i mean if things that we don't agree on like you can challenge me in something i'll be like okay you know what let, let me reconsider that let, yeah. let let me rethink that um me and again for those of you guys who can't tell i'm as a young black male i wouldn't say young anymore at 33 but i'm still young i don't care what anybody says i'm still young i've only lived young. a billion seconds i've only lived a billion seconds yeah, um sure. so and but but I, 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 um, um, as you mentioned, I put in the show notes, I don't think any, any one person's life is more valuable than somebody else's. Um, for, for you to say that, that that's a hate crime, that does not make it any better or any worse that you just killed somebody. It, it doesn't make it any, any worse. The fact that you just came in and did, did a crime. Oh, Hey, you know, I hate black people. So now I go kill one because now what you, with with defining that as a hate crime um and i i, I can see my my internet freezing up and so forth sorry you're um, all right with me yeah. what, what happens is is you are now making thoughts a crime to be added on to whatever situation that you have mm -hmm. and I, I know that they had mentioned it in the article but my my dad being a former police officer if somebody said hey i hate police officers and then they go out and kill one is that now a hate crime because of the fact of, oh, because I said that and I thought that and I hate people or, or is hate crimes only based off of race? And if it's only based off of race, are we so so now if it's only based off of race, how do you define on whether or not somebody really hates somebody else other race? Because yeah. because you could say, oh, well, you know, that, that typical, oh, well, I got some black friends you know, and the McMichaels very well could have one or two black friends or coworkers that they worked with that they were nice to. And, and that's even like, well, I didn't hate him. Okay. So then how do you define that as a hate crime? It, mm -hmm. it, you start to, when you create things like a hate crime, you create a whole bunch of just, there's a whole bunch of ambiguity in, in everything that's going on. It's just like a, how do you define this? Just like that person in your class couldn't define hate speech and you can't define a hate crime. Like, yeah. It just it's 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 this whole just you know thing that's out there that 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 creates so all this does is just give the federal government more ammunition to put these people in jail for longer. That that in essence all this is it's 
Hate crimes do not make the victim's family feel any better. It doesn't provide any form of justice for anybody who's been involved. It doesn't. If they are guilty of a crime, they're guilty of a crime. And, and, and I mean, and you, you said it very well. Any, any act of violence or murder is hate. Like mm-hmm. it is. You, you have to have hate in your heart in order to, in order to cause that type of damage on somebody. Yeah. Um, it like it, in in that in that type of brutality, shooting somebody in cold blood, you know, or whatnot. Like all the like you're enraged. There's there is their emotions based in that, and so I I just I I think hate crimes are or or, or honestly, in my opinion, are, are completely one hundred percent a farce. One hundred. Well, yeah. I mean, or all things. I mean, except for you know having a lemonade stand. Have that's that's not an act of hate. But right. legitimate crimes, unless right. you're lemonade, a legitimate crime is a hate crime. It is. So, so why are we doing gradations? Now I will say here's where intention matters. Intention matters if you're talking about you know first, second, third degree, whatever. If you're right. talking about malice of forethought and intent to to kill someone. But if, if then you start breaking it down further into, well, for what reason did you intend to kill someone? And again, I go back to um, Jewish you know, crimes against you know, Jewish people the past week and, and it, prior to that. That is that's a really good example of, well, is that an immutable characteristic? Because there are some people who are biologically Jewish and then there are some people who are who, you know, become part of the Jewish community later. And then is that a hate crime? Because technically they chose to become part of the Yeah, it it gets very, very, very messy. Mm -hmm. And I think in the U.S. in particular, um, this is this is kind of a weird generational thing. I think Americans in different generations have different levels of offense that they take to ethnic stereotypes. Mm. A part of that is because there's no American ethnicity. And for some generations and for some people, I think depending on where you grow up, teasing people of different ethnicities, you still feel like you're, you know, you're taunting and you're making fun of a fellow American mm. and, and ragging on them on, for any number of levels. I'm not talking about racial slurs. I'm talking right, about right. just, it's almost like teasing a brother or sister. You know, if, if it's, it's, and again, I'm not talking about actual acts of violence or hate, but it's, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't register as a microaggression if someone tells a, a joke with a friend because it feels almost like a brotherly, sisterly kind of jab. Whereas uh, for, for others, like especially millennials, younger millennials and Gen Zers grew up as only children. I was kind of weird. My, I have an older sister, but she's seven years older. So I was kind of both a, a sibling and an only child because of that age gap. Growing up as only children, you never really learn what it's like to have someone you love whom you constantly tease and fight with face to face. So a lot of people, and again, I feel like I'm railing at the young kids when really I'm railing kind of at my own generation, which is, <laughs> oh, get off my lawn. Um, but when, when, younger people (laughs) hear ethnic stereotypes it's almost like oh god it's like twitter it's just like all the yelling on twitter this is a weird generational gap and i think it's very interesting and and distinctly american precisely because there is not an american ethnicity that we have and i think that's a good thing right definitely i mean it's 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 crazy because people always always talk about other countries and 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 how race you know racial issues are so bad in America and so forth, with no context of what's happening in other countries. And 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 granted, it's bad a lot of places. There's a lot of racial r- r- racial tension in the United States for various reasons. Um, various reasons that that we can we can get into at a later date or, or whatnot. But but I get that and I, and I understand that. But growing up, I mean, I had people who who. They would make fun of me. They're like, oh, hey, you know, when, you know, when you're running in the dark, can anybody see you? You must be great at hide and seek. Like, <laughs> like, and people are like, well, Maurice, that's racist. It's like, no, like, we're just like, like there, there's no intent. There's no malice behind it. We're just poking fun at each other. Like, right. I mean, my, my this kind of like you said, the same way my, my sisters would make fun of me for being a crybaby or whatever, whatever the case may be, you know, they, you know, my, 
my a lot of my close friends they'd be like hey maurice it's dark and we're taking a picture we need to make sure you smile so we can see you. like like those are things that people would say and these are other minorities like like these are other black people telling me this you know there are other hispanics telling me this like and it's all funny it's all fun because there's no malice or anything in that and, and so kind of going back to like, like like intent does matter but I, I i when when especially when i look at um like the whole um and i know we, we were I, I can't speak on it a whole lot because I don't know a whole lot about whole the the Palestine and, and Israel and and I know that they've been hating each other for a long time, and I mean and that, that's just from from the Christian background. I I, I understand the the dynamic and, and a lot of those things and 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 I understand that the U.S. has had a has played a huge role in that and and um whether whether that's good or that's bad um. It, it, it's it's something. Sorry, my, my lovely cat just decided to, to no, walk into my office with a with a litter box with his litter box and go, and go do his business. Um, but so 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 understanding that. But I, I think I I can feel about the situation and not include their ethnicities in it because it because stuff that's happened is still wrong. You are still killing innocent people who are not involved in anything. People who 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 were non-violently doing things and going and 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 being able to and wanting to do certain things and not encroach on other people's literally following the non-aggression principle mm -hmm. they're literally doing that and these people are being killed um for, for for certain things and whatnot now again i don't know who started it and whatever the case may be there's a lot of history into that and i don't and and i mean I would love to dive into it, but I don't have the time of the day to to to, to talk to to dive into that and everything else. Well, but, you know, Maurice, you can go to GoodMorningLiberty.us and you created a four part series. Yes, four part series. We're, <laughs> we're, Please continue. Two are up. Two more about to be coming up this yeah. upcoming week. So, so I will have the link for that in the show notes at the end of this episode with with all the other links, especially for the um for the, for the first thing we talked about with with the charter cities. So so you guys can go and read all that. Um, but go on. But 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 understanding that even when you take all, all that stuff away, what is happening is terrible, mm -hmm. and I think people realize that. But people want to add one more aspect to it um and it, to to define it as a hate crime to kind of make themselves feel like oh well we're doing something to help ease this these tensions or whatnot when in all actuality it it, it doesn't do anything it doesn't do anything at all no and you can you can think that it's especially horrible for someone to discriminate and, and commit an act of hate against someone for a specific reason so there's a difference between you know me having my own anger and outrage about a particular reason that someone harmed someone else right and right. saying there should be an institutional stipulation that makes the punishment for this person worse because of it exactly. and that this is a distinction that libertarians are kind of what kind of more free markety people are, are are maybe a little bit better at um in general mm. i'm saying in general just because you think a certain way doesn't mean you think that it should be forced on someone. Exactly. So. Very much. So my wife and I actually had this conversation, had a conversation like that, um, that this past, this past Friday evening talking about other issues. And I was just like, look, like I disagree with that, but I don't, but I don't think it should be forced on everybody else. And, and it's because, because we are, and, and I don't like to say libertarians are just libertarians yeah. are typically the smartest people in the room. Um, they don't they just don't know how to articulate their thoughts very well in a way to, for everybody else to understand that. And so and so it's it's hard. So when a libertarian says something like, oh, well, that must mean this. And she's like, no, it just means I don't want to impose that. I think everybody's an individual and everybody has has the ability to believe whatever they want to believe and do what they want uh, and do what they want to do. As long as you have the, the principle, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff that that is the basis of, of of a libertarian ideology it's like it's private property rights don't hurt people don't take their stuff and mm -hmm. then you move on so um hate crimes you know love them or hate them i hate hate crimes does yep. that make me a hate crime person i don't know but w whatever the government wants to believe they can believe um last thing before we get into this oh man this was freaking awesome so i'm <laughs> going through the show notes and um and and you had put aliens, <laughs> aliens, like in question marks. Aliens. And I was just like, 
let's talk about aliens aliens like like, let's discuss aliens and 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 this because we always get distracted there's always some ufo sighting Mm -hmm. somewhere in um in in america in the world and it's just and we're just like oh my gosh now one one, one of the points you put in here I, i i i that's the first thing i think of when people when people think of oh it's a ufo that means it's an alien ufo does not mean aliens unidentified flying object you made a note what was the note that you put in here that said um i, <laughs> I wrote that uh if you're me most birds are ufos <laughs> all planes are ufo i see a you actually i could see a ufo literally right now <laughs> I can't identify it. It's flying and it's definitely an object. Exactly. It's a UFO. <laughs> that was my thought. Um, but I I I'm a conspiracy theorist at heart. I believe in a lot of conspiracies. I think um every time there's a UFO sighting, it's always around some big thing that drops at the same time. Um, whether it's job indexes whether it's a, it's employment rates whether it's congress pa- congress passing bills or whatever it would all of with any time that a ufo drops a ufo sighting drops it's always around something big like i think the last time the pentagon had show they released photos and mm-hmm. when does the pentagon ever release photos of of a ufo like something's a something's a miss but nonetheless i do believe in aliens so wait, you're telling me that the pipeline wasn't enough. Now we have to have UFOs as well. We got inflation, COVID's over if you want it. Yep. Pipeline, and now we have the UFOs. Now we got the UFOs. We got the UFOs. We ha- we have an alien invasion. What are your thoughts on this uh, on, on this UFO sighting and, and this potential alien invasion? As I, as well, I, I feel like. like I feel like it cuts you off because no, you're no. saying that you feel like there are there are aliens, and yes. I would let you let you roll with that, and and then call in a welfare check while you were still talking. So, I just I I, I personally like I, I think the universe is so vast um, with with everything, and our our understanding and comprehension of the universe is so small to think that we are the only intelligent beings. Um, in this universe, in not just the galaxy, like in the entire universe, I, I think is 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 kind of um, uh, prideful is, is a bit uh, is a bit naive. Like now, now they may not operate the way that we think that they are, but but I, I firmly believe that. I don't want to, I firmly believe because I don't, but I'm of the belief that there there's potential for some other source of intelligent life in galaxies far far away like star wars i yeah i mean so first of all there is a really wonderful for for anyone who's completely lost on this so there has been an independent commission to investigate what were initially called unidentified flying objects and then back in the 50s 60s 70s the pentagon did such a good job of convincing everyone that anyone who who cried ufo was actually crying alien why did they do this because of red china and red russia Mm. um and this is this is in fact documented this there's you know there there are there's writing and testimony about this that essentially uh that the u.s government was very threatened by the idea that it would not look uh omniscient and so anytime there was a sighting of some aerial object that it couldn't identify uh it it quickly said oh these crazy conspiracy theorists they're saying that these are aliens and and we you know there of course there there are no aliens they didn't want to look like there was anything that that couldn't be understood because that would make them look weak internationally so fast forward just very recently, there was a commission appointed to study various sightings that military officials had had of now they're called UAPs, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, precisely because <laughs> of the epic self-own that took place when the Pentagon was like, anyone who says UFO is a, is a bonkers person acting under the bonkers First Amendment and should go be an armchair expert with Prince Harry. That's called a callback, ladies and 
podcast host. Great, it's a great callback. You're welcome. Um, so they they called it bonkers, and so then they had to make a new bonkers term, which was UAP. So now what we're doing is we're effectively teasing kind of the release of this potentially June report that's going to talk about previous UAP sightings that people in the military had had. All right. So here's here's my thinking on this. Uh, first of all, I do personally think that it's highly likely that there is life elsewhere in the universe. Um, and I think that there could potentially even be life in uh, in other areas of our uh, of our solar system. I don't I don't think Mars is the best bet right now. I am I stand for Saturn. I'm all about mm. Saturn's rings. Okay. Anyone wants to watch a really awesome documentary? Go to Amazon.com. Look up the planets. It's narrated by Zachary Quinto. If you're like me, you will find yourself screaming from time to time. You mean terrestrial life, you geocentric fuck? Because what he will say is that, like, you, we there couldn't be life on this planet. I'm like, well, what, not as we know it, Jim, but. That was a Star Trek reference. (laughs) But yeah, there could easily be life, but not as we know it. So exactly. You're doing like the little, the little. Live long and prosper. Right. And Zachary Quinto of all, of all people who play stock should know this, but anyhow, um, this is, uh, so when we talk about how other planets couldn't have life, I think our understanding of life is incredibly, uh, Terra centric, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. and there are different areas in different atmospheric concentrations that could potentially harbor other forms of life. So that's my bias. All about Saturn's rings. However, however, uh, even given the overwhelming possibility that there is life, perhaps very in- or human-like intelligent life on other planets somewhere. I I feel like this ain't it because <laughs> there's a great uh, point counterpoint in National Review on this where you have one author who says, here's all of the reasons this is probably BS. You have another author that says, hey, not so fast. It's really nice. It's a really good uh, back and forth. Um, I feel as though what's probably more likely in this particular scenario is that we've got uh, different types of atmospheric phenomena that when the technology is good enough and when visibility is just right, you're seeing various astral bodies or shadows that are casting some sort of shadow on, on your, on your scope or whatever. Hmm. That's my, that's my theory. So that's, I don't, I don't know what, what these particular uh, UAPs are doing. (laughs) I can live with that theory. I can, I, 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 I can get down with that. I can get down with that for sure. Um, I, I had somebody ask me the other day, they're like, what are your thoughts on aliens? I was like, look, I, I just, for th- to think that there's only intelligent life, there's only life on one planet in this entire universe. Like it's, is that's, so that th- for me to think that I'd, I'd, that's a lot of faith. Yeah, for, yeah. For, for me just to think that one, and, I mean, and that could be very possible. Like I'm not, I'm not dismissing that. You're saying there's there is there is there is a high likelihood of, of of there being some sort of life somewhere else. Well, why well, have why haven't we encountered them? And one of your notes said, well, when we do, we're going to come in, tell them about cryptocurrency. Yes. And like, oh my gosh, this is a great phenomenon, and we're good. And then, or they can get just get a hold of hold of a couple of couple of two couple of podcasters, and we can just tell them to buy a whole bunch of do- Doge. So, yeah. so, so, so that price can skyrocket and we can yeah. be millionaires overnight. Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm all for that one. I'm all for that one. So, um, so well guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Um, I will link the, um, the, the, the good morning liberty.us blog pot, um, uh, blog, uh, that Amanda has, has, has put together. Um, I will link that in the show notes as well excuse me, as well as the link for the, for the, uh, on Honduras, uh, charter city, which I think is, is a great okay. idea, uh, for $1,300, you can invest in this charter city and, um, and 
and make things happen. Um, I mean, and, and if, if you're willing to do that, th then do that. Again, this is a solution to what we currently have as far as our systems go. And that is one of the big thing that big things that I, that, that we want to push on this podcast is mm -hmm. finding solutions to 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 things that you may get you down. Consumer price indexes is going through through the moon or whatnot, unlike Doge and Bitcoin currently. Um, so that's going up. What do you what do you do about it? Last week we talked about you know controlling the source of your income owning your own business. Here's another situation. If you want to invest in a charter city, that is that that there's going to be a lot more economic freedom than what you have in the United States. You can do that. Um, so uh, I will link those in the show notes again, guys. Um, feel free to subscribe. We are now officially on Spotify as well, too. So if you're a Spotify listener, we thank you so much for that. Um, so we're, we're, we're almost everywhere right now. We're still trying to get out on Apple podcast. They, they are, uh, hopefully net by next week, prayerfully by next week, we will be on there. Um, but, uh, uh, once we get on there, like comment, subscribe, all of those lovely things, whenever we put something on, if we want to put something on YouTube or wherever we are, um, mm -hmm. write us a five-star rating review. Cause we are worth all five of those stars. Oh. I assure you we're worth all five. Um, but until then, we will see you. We will see you guys, be with you guys next week. But until then, y'all be easy.